Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. We are in a sermon series that's entitled Conversations with Jesus. Uh, as we've talked, we find that sometimes conversations are uh, the best way to deal with things. And, and we learn lots of things about people when we have conversations with them. In fact, I look out over the, the uh, congregation here today, I think about conversations I've had with some of you where... Uh, something very meaningful has occurred where I've learned something about you or, or I've learned something about myself, actually, sometimes in a conversation because of what comes up in thinking through that thing uh, with you and with the Lord. And, and so the first week, uh, we saw Jesus' conversation and we learned that uh, if you're going to, to make it to heaven, a spiritual birth is required, right? The Bible talks about being born again. And then the next week, we, we uh, focused in on the idea of truth. And, and Jesus made it very clear that truth will either be our best friend or our worst enemy, right? If we align our lives with the truth, truth becomes our best friend. If we try to work in opposition to what's really true, we will eventually be steamrolled by it. And the fact is that you choose whether you align your, your life with truth or not. And then last week, uh, we, we saw... Uh, that far too often we look for real life, life that satisfies, life that's exciting and purposeful. We look for life in all sorts of things that just can't give it. And, and do you remember what we said? And I don't know if any, any of you got your key with you today? Anybody? I got mine with me. I can. You don't have to pull it out. You can if you want. But we said three words when we look at this. What are our three words? Only from God. That's right. Real life only comes from God. And so when we go looking for it somewhere else, we're going to be disappointed. And that brings us today to another conversation that Jesus had, really kind of a, an interesting setting in which he has this conversation. We're going to be in John chapter 5, if you want to turn there. It's in, if you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in the pew there, and we're going to be on page 1226. 1,226, we encourage you to follow along. But, uh, you know, there are things in the past, and the Bible records things sometimes that might seem a little different to us, and we don't know what to make of it all. And so we just kind of have to go with what it says. Uh, but it tells us that there was a place there in the temple area in Israel, in Jerusalem. Uh, there was a pool there, a pool of water called Bethesda. That's what its name was. And... and at that time, apparently, somehow, some way, God had set it up that on occasion, uh, he would perform miraculous healings through that pool. Okay, it says that the Bible says that an angel would come down and stir up the pool, and whoever got into the pool first after that would be healed. Now, that's a little foreign to us, uh, but the Bible just um, it describes it just as matter of fact, and so we accept that that's what's going on. And so you can imagine, who would hang out around that pool then? People who needed to be healed, right? And that's exactly what was happening. There were a lot of people there waiting and just saying, maybe I can be the first one to get in and I can get healed. Well, we want to start in verse number five today because Jesus meets one of these people in particular and has a conversation with him. Fairly short conversation, but here it is. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 
38 years. Now, we don't know exactly what this was, this infirmity. It's a, it's a weakness, a, a, some way in which he was feeble. Maybe his legs uh, were very weak and he couldn't really walk on them. We aren't sure, okay? But he had been there. That's a long time to be sick, isn't it? 38 years. When I'm sick for 38 minutes, I'm unhappy, you know? <laughs> When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, that to me is a pretty amazing question. It's not the question you would expect, is it? The question we would typically ask, I mean, if I go into a hospital room to visit someone, I don't go in and say, do you want to get better? No, it's, it's how are you doing, what's... So what are they saying? What's, what's the condition? And what, you know, what are the options? How can you treat it? So you know, that's how we talk about things. But Jesus just asked a really interesting, I think, surprising question. Do you want to be made well? You know, sometimes that's a more important question than we know. Do we really want to get well? And we're thinking physically, yeah, when I'm feeling miserable, I definitely want to get well. But what we're going to talk about today is problems that come into our lives. And on the face of it, we say, oh, yeah, I want a solution to my problem. But you know what? In reality, sometimes we don't really want a solution because we kind of like our problem. It works for us. We can use it. Or maybe we don't like what the solution is, and so we live with our problem, whatever, okay? So Jesus' question is really, really very insightful here. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him. It's interesting because he answers, but he doesn't actually answer that question. He says, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So he answers by why I can't get healed why there is no solution. I'm here hopeful there's a solution, but you know, I really, it's never going to happen because there's no way. Um, have you ever found yourself feeling like there's no solution to your problems? Anybody besides me? Man, there's sometimes in life when I've looked at this and I just feel like, oh, I'm going to have to live with this. And, and it's, not a, it's not a pretty thing to think about. All right, so... He gives the reason why. Then Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Okay, sure, right? And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Who can do that? Only God, right? And John, I remember the first week we talked about it, John says that he uh, wrote the things he did in his gospel that we might know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing we might have life in his name. And not just eternal life because we're saved, but the kind of life that he intends for us to have, the abundant life. Only God can give that. And we see this here. This is a miracle, isn't it? Anybody like a miracle today? You don't have to raise your hand, but yeah. All right. And immediately the man made, was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And that's significant to the Jewish people because they were to do no work on the Sabbath. And they had a lot of rules that they had uh, said, here's what is work. 
And that day was a Sabbath. The Jews, and by the Jews it means the religious leaders of the Jews, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And I love his answer. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Uh, I've been here 38 years. You guys never healed me. You guys never even helped me try to get in the water. The one who healed me said, pick up your bed and walk. So I picked up my bed, and I'm walking. By the way, has Jesus done anything for you in your life? Have you trusted Christ as Savior? Are your sins forgiven? Do you have eternal life? Wouldn't it make sense then to be about doing what Jesus told you to do? Yeah, it would. I'm not saying that you aren't. Then they ask him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? They want to know who is this person that's causing problems from their perspective. But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Wow, where'd that come from? Uh, it seems to me that um, there must have been some responsibility this man had for the condition he was in. In other words, the, he had apparently sinned either that led to his condition or sinned that made the condition worse or prolonged it. We don't know specifically. Uh, but sometimes our problems are because of our own bad choices, aren't they? In fact, I, th I think in life, I think you know, most of the, the big problems I've had were because of choices I made. And so this is not unusual. We ought to think about that now. But understand this. Not every problem you have in life is because you've sinned. In fact, this is a, a real mistake that people make. Sometimes I hear people, something bad happens in their lives. A problem comes in their life and they say, what did I do to deserve this? You know what I'm talking about? But the reality is we may have done nothing to deserve this. We live in a world that is cursed by sin. We live in a world where there is disease and sickness and death. And it comes to all of us, doesn't it? Okay? And, and so uh, you may not have sinned at all. And I think a great example of this is if you were abused as a child, you have zero responsibility for that. Zero responsibility. Now what you do have responsibility for is as you got older and began to understand what had happened to you, what did you do? How did you respond? Did you get help? Did you not get help? What did you come to believe? See, there is still responsibility even in those things, okay? Because sometimes the problem isn't our fault at all, but we make it worse because we aren't choosing God's solutions. Sometimes we don't even know the God's solutions, so we can't choose them. But so know that we oftentimes are responsible or at least have a measure of responsibility for our problems. It says, then the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. He, he, they, he figured they wanted to know who he was. Well, yeah, they did. Verse 16, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. That's pretty messed up, isn't it? Done such a wonderful thing and we want to kill him for it. Okay. Well, what I want to uh, focus in on today, what we can learn from this conversation is about our problems and finding the best solution to our problems. Now, I would say here that this was the best solution for this man, but not necessarily because of why you might think. 
We might think it's the best solution. Why? He was healed, right? Doesn't everybody want to be healed? Okay, so we would think that, but really that's not the reason this is the best solution. This is the best solution because this is the solution that Jesus chose for him. That's what makes it best. And you and I need best solutions for our problems. Have you ever tried to solve your problem and made it worse? And your solution didn't work? Or it didn't make it worse, but it didn't fix it either? Yeah, and I have many a time. Uh, and so here's, here's what I want you to see today. And let's go to that next slide there, Andrew. That if you really want the best solution to your problem, always start here. I will believe and do. I will believe God and do what he says. Then you just do that and watch what happens. Watch what God does. Okay, But we really need to tell us, I will believe God and do what he says. So let's focus in on, on, on these ideas from our story here today. And the first one we already saw. Jesus asked the man what? What did he ask him again? What did he ask? Do you want to be made well? Do you really want a solution to this problem or not? Now, the, the reason we need to deal with this, and, I, and you know, the reality is maybe a lot of us don't struggle with that, but sometimes we can. Because what happens is we have a problem in life and maybe no easy solution presents itself immediately, but then we begin to build our lives around this problem. We begin to reinterpret truth in light of our problem. We can even begin to use our problem to get something that we think we want. Maybe it's love or attention or, or being important. And, and it comes down to sometimes we don't want a solution to our problem. Well, I would say to you that if you have a problem that's hindering your ability to be and do what God wants you to do, and you don't choose to get a solution, get the solution, that is sin. That's a whole other problem. It's only going to get worse. And so you need to say, do I really want to get better? Now, what we have to, to say is this. We can't say, well, yeah, I want to get better, but it depends on what the solution is, right? Well, maybe I don't want that solution, and so we're willing to live with our problem, and uh, uh, that's not going to work. You can't pick and choose when it comes to God's solutions. You know, how do you know if you're willing to be healed, to be made well? How do you know if you're really willing to have a solution to your problem? Well, James, in the first chapter of his letter, uh, says this. And let's look at it there. If you put it up there, Andrew. If you need... Oh, too far. Go back one. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. A person with divided loyalty should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And what he's talking about here, faith in God alone, is this. When, if you come to God, you say, God, I have a problem, and I want your solution, you have to be willing to accept his solution. Otherwise, you're just including God amongst your options. And God, have you noticed God doesn't do well with just being included as a sideline? 
In other words, you can't see this, say this. You can't say, God, I want your solution to this problem depending on what it is. You give me your wisdom. You show me the, the solution to this, your solution, and then I'll decide whether I want to follow it or not. No, you don't really want a solution. You still want to be in control of your life here. And so we need to address that issue in our lives. Am I willing to accept God's solution? Whatever it is, whatever it entails. And if you are, then we go to that second thing. You have to make this conclusion. You always start here. Always start here. Then I'll, I will believe God and do what he says. Now I want to show you something here with this man. Let's, let's go back and look. Verses 8 and 9. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now, what would have been the natural thing for this man to think at that point? Ain't no way. Right? Uh, have you noticed? I can't walk. I can't get up. And I kind of just told you. That would be our natural way of thinking. But somehow in this conversation, maybe there was more to this conversation than we have recorded. We don't know. But somehow this man decided to do what Jesus said. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. Immediately. Now, this immediately refers to the whole thing. It's the whole idea. It isn't that all of a sudden he's made well, and he sits there for a while and goes, oh, this is interesting. Well, I guess I could get up and walk. No, the way this is written, it's immediately, Jesus said it, right? He didn't, by the way, he didn't say, be healed. Do you notice that? He didn't say, be healed. He said, get up and walk, carry your bed, leave. And so the man had to make a decision. Does he believe Jesus and act on that or not? Now, I'm talking more slowly than it probably happened. Somehow or other, Jesus' words stirred him. And so he, he's healed as he gets up. He's healed. He gets up and he's able to pick up his mat and leave. But so he made a determination. I will believe what Jesus is saying. I will do what he's saying. And he experienced the healing. Because once again, you and I, we have problems in our life. And by the way, let's just stop right now. Just real quiet, just think about it a moment. Can you think of any problems in your life that are either really big right now or have the potential to become really big? Maybe it's problems you've dealt with for years. Maybe it's just recent. If you want God's solution, you want the best solution to that problem, you have to start at this point. I will believe God and do what he says. And it's when you, when you come to that determination between you and God, okay, I'm going to believe you, I'm going to do it. At that very moment, the solution to your problem begins. And I'm going to talk a little bit in a little bit that you, you may not see it right away. But we're going to talk about that. But God sets things in motion that your problem is going to be solved. Now, is that good news? That problem that you just thought about? 
that there's a solution to it. And if you will honestly before God say, okay, I believe you and I'm going to do what you say. By the way, what do you say? <laughs> but you've already settled, I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, at that point, the solution is set in motion. Okay? Like I said, you may not see it immediately, but it is set in motion. Now, why wouldn't we just do this? <laughs> why wouldn't we just say, okay, God, I believe you, and I'll do what you say? I mean, we might say the words, but why do we hesitate in our hearts? What are we afraid of? Well, I think sometimes the first thing is, is this. To, and we, we kind of already addressed it, but what is God's solution, right? Hmm. Does God really know what's best here? Now, I'm sure you all are so spiritual that you have never had that thought cross your mind. But I have. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, yes, God's ways are always best, but there are times, nonetheless, when I still find myself struggling. Is this really the best way? Is this God's way really? And I know the answer, okay. But it's, this can be a struggle. But think about this. Who created the entire universe? That's actually a question. God. He created the entire universe from this, the, the massive billions of light years across uh, universe that we see down to the smallest, most minute particle and everything in between, and he made it all work together. All the, the natural laws that we see, that, he, that he, he put into nature, the complexity. I mean, do you even understand how your body works? I mean, we can study anatomy and there's still so much that we don't understand. And it all has to be perfect. I shouldn't say perfect. All has to be working properly or it doesn't work. Right? And does it, how much does it take to mess it up? Not much. I mean, God is, is so... His wisdom, his, the Bible says, His understanding is infinite. He, he knows how everything he wor works. He knows where you've come from. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. He knows the circumstances surrounding you. He knows all that better than you do. So do you suppose God just might know what's best when it comes to solving your problem? He does. We may think, yeah, he does, but can he? Well, I could just go over the same stuff again, right? Can he? Can he solve that problem? Can he bring a solution that works to you? Jesus said, for with God... All things are possible. So this impossible problem that you have is not impossible to God. And the third reason we might struggle with this, saying, okay, I, I'll believe you and I'll do it, is that we know he knows best and, and we know that he can do it, but we aren't sure that he will. Will he really do it? And this comes down to the character of God. Does he really love me enough to bring a solution to me here? Is there, uh, does he care enough to work this out for me? Yeah, maybe for other people. I hear about other people, but for me? Um, I think of my wife, who grew up in a Christian home. You know, mostly great stuff in her life, and, 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 but as an adult, things that happen and, and all goes on. And a number of years ago, all of a sudden, she found herself struggling with, does God really love me? 
And she knew the fact, right? Yes, God loves everybody, but does God love me? And there's some of you here today who feel that way, have felt that way. Yeah, I know that, but I don't know, me, really? And, and she used to walk our neighborhood, and she walked a lot anyway, but talking to God. And she'd say, okay, yes, God, you love me. Yes, God does love me. No, not me. Yes, me. And she had to wrestle with that and finally come to the conclusion that God did love her. And by the way, God loves every one of you, and that means he always acts in your best interest, even when it's costly to him. And the Bible tells us this. Paul says, listen, if God did not spare his own son... Won't he give you everything else that you need? All right? Anything else is less. He's already proven it. He will do it. He will work in your life. Just like he did when he sent his son to become our Savior. All right, so if, if we say, first, I've got to want this solution. And then, then the second is that we, uh, we're going to say, I am going to believe God and do what he says. And then we just say this, then do it. And watch God work. Watch him work. Now, this is where I want you to understand that God does not always do things the way we would choose. But we've already settled, who knows best what your solution is? God knows better than you do what your solution is. He knows better than me what my solution is. If I solve all my problems, I'm going to create other problems. Now, I know this because... Uh, over the years, and, and I do better now than I used to, but I used to try to fix my car. And I would often fix the problem I started with and create two more in the process. How many of you ever snapped off a bolt? In a, I mean, you know what I mean? So this is the way it would be in life. If I were trying to solve my problems, I would create problems in solving my problems. God's, problem, God's solutions don't do that. God's solutions are the best solutions, and they bring real solutions to you. Now, when you determine this, you say, okay, God, I'm going to believe what you say, and I'm going to do it. Know this. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. You know why? Because you have to get there. And getting there almost always includes some pain. And you have to go through the pain. Because sometimes you've been denying the pain, right? That's how you're trying to solve it. You're denying all that, but you've got to go through it. And so let's say it's something in your life I mentioned earlier. Maybe some really terrible thing that happened in your life or for a long period of time terrible things in your life. And you've just kind of, you know, and you finally say, God, I need a solution to this. It's affecting my life. I can't even serve you the way that, that I want to. I'm troubled here. I need your solution. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to do it. And then you begin to get help. And next thing you know, you're having to walk through this stuff again and you're, it's all flooding back. And you feel like your life's falling apart now. But when you're doing what God says, he's taking you somewhere. He's bringing you to his solution and his healing. And he will do it. It, it, it might get worse. It may be that you're in a relationship right now, that you're single, and you're in a relationship, and um, you know that this relationship isn't good, it's becoming problematic, and you know that there's uh, sinful uh, intimacy in this relationship, doesn't belong, and you know uh, this needs to go, it needs to stop, 
or at least the sin part needs to stop. And so you say, okay, God, I'm going to believe and I'm going to do what you say. And I got I to say this has to stop. And, and you go and tell the other person in your relationship, this has to stop. And the other person says, forget that. I'm out of here. And your heart is crushed. You see how we start to question, is this really best? But God's ways are always best. They are always best. Whatever it is. So, but understand, it could get worse before it gets better. Now, there are three, three ways that then God will do this. We say, you know, let's do, let's believe God and do what he says. And the solution begins at that very moment. Sometimes God just takes the problem away. How many vote? That's what we get, right? Oh, you guys don't want that one? I do. That's my favorite. Okay? And, and uh, because it's just, it's, when uh, my wife and I were first planning to go into the ministry, uh, it put us in situations where we did not have money to pay for things and, and difficulties. I already had a car loan and trying to be in school and do all of these things became problematic. But you know what God did? We prayed to him, God miraculously provided again and again and again and again like that. And so awesome, it increased our faith. We learned God can and will take care of us, right? Fast forward a number of years, back when we were getting ready to move into our house for the first time, it was a modular home, and we had worked this out, and we, we, uh, they brought it in, and there were costs associated with setting the home in place and then finishing it all out and furnishing it and all this kind of stuff. And, and we're using a credit card to pay for this because we're going to get all the mortgage. And, and by the time we were done, somehow there had been some goof up, and we owed substantially more than we thought, and we didn't get that in the mortgage. And then over the next year or two, I don't know if it made three years, I don't remember. But because of my not understanding how my credit card bill was being, the payments were being processed, we ended up with almost $17,000 worth of credit card debt. And this is 25 years ago. That was a lot of money. God, we need a solution <laughs> to this problem. And, and this time God said, and not verbally, but by, I know what happened. He said, nah, you know what? We're going to let you work through this one. And so this is a process. So sometimes God fixes it instantly. Other times he works us through a process over time. But we think, why well, haven't got the solution to the problem? No, but God has set it in motion. And so, but what's so awesome is because God used that time of, of that debt and paying that debt off where he just scrubbed out of us any desire to ever go into debt on cons for consumer debt ever again. Okay? That's a good thing. That's the best solution. But, but you know what's really awesome? First thing, the wisest thing I ever did at that point in time, I turned the actual paying of our bills over to my wife. Okay? Just how we're wired. She's better at that. Um, so, even though God made us go through the process, there was still a miraculous nature to it because in the next two years, somehow, that got paid off. In two years' time. And we don't know to this day, because we didn't figure that out, where the money come from, but it did. 
But the point is we had to go through a process. We had to agonize over how are we going to pay this? How are we going to pay it this month? How are we going to pay it next month? And God made us go through the process. So sometimes he just takes the problem away. Sometimes he requires us to work through a process to get where we want to be and where we need to be. And the third one's the hardest. Sometimes God's, the, the best solution to your problem is to continue to have the problem. The Apostle Paul experienced this. He had some problem that kept creating difficulties for him in his life. And as he tried to serve God and he begged God to take it away. And God didn't take it away. Instead, God said, no, in this situation, this is going to remind you to trust me. And you're going to discover that my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient. You see, sometimes the best solution to our problem is to live with the problem. Because by so doing, God is going to change us. He's going to change what we believe. And he's going to change us in our hearts. I mean, we've already settled. Remember right in the very beginning, James, what did we settle? Okay, God, I accept your solution. And so he's going to change us. And when he changes us, you know what he can do? Now he can work through us in ways he never could have done before. We can know him in ways we never would have known him before. And I've experienced this too. I've experienced this in the area of relationships. Relationships that were once close. Relationships where life was shared, life events, all sorts of things going on. And then all of a sudden, unjustly, those relationships broken. And what used to be helpful and encouraging now becomes hurtful and discouraging. And I've done everything I can to solve those things. And I haven't been able to even have the conversation. And God says... My grace is sufficient for you all. And you know what? I've, I've come to find God more real, more sufficient than I ever would have had this not happened. I don't like it. But it is the best solution at this point in time. I know that because I know God. Right? Right? That makes sense? You have to decide, do you really want a solution to your problem? And when you do, you got to go to God and say, okay, God, whatever your solution is, it's the best. That's the solution I want. Then you got to start at this place. You say, okay, God, I will believe you and I will do what you say. And then you do it. And God will work. He will. So do you want a solution to that problem? Do you want a solution to the problem that hadn't shown up yet? You need to settle these things today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you do have the best solution to our problems. I pray, Father, we won't buy into the lie that says something else will work when nothing else will. So I pray, Father, that each of us will 
in this point, whether we're in problems right now or for once to come, that we will yield ourselves to you in this today, that we're going to believe you and do what you say. And I do pray, Father, for anyone who here who, who doesn't have a personal relationship with you yet, doesn't he may even know what that means. I pray that they'll reach out to us. They'll use one of those communication cards, Father, or something else. They'd reach out to us and talk to us. We can help them know. We want to honor and glorify you with our lives and our response to your word today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.